Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. This is your first time at Glory Church. We want to welcome you. You already saw one of our lead pastors is Pastor Greg and Pastor Cake. They are leading us as a church and a community, and we're more than happy to have you. Uh, just to reiterate that we have Connect Cars. If it's, if it's your first time, just fill that car. We want to pray for you. We want to get to know you. Uh, also, my mom is here today with us. Can you wave? That's right. I know. We are identical, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, we have a cool story that went to the DR on a mission trip. We met there and we, you know, bonded, fell in love, and here we are, three years later. So if you want to get to know her, just say hi. Make sure to verify that we're really identical. So, Okay, we're going to dive in the word real quick. I want to go to Psalms 25, chapter 12 to 14. Psalms 25, chapter 12 to 14. And we're going to be talking about friendship with God. Friendship with God. The Bible says, who are they that fear the Lord? He will teach them the way that they should choose. They will abide in prosperity and their children shall possess the land. The friendship, here it is. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he makes his covenant known to them. Want to repeat that? The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes his covenant known to them. I want to read a different version. It's the Amplified Version. It says, just verse 14 says, The secret of the wise counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his word if this inner meaning. Thank you, Lord. So, I want to talk about friendship and how friendship leads us to intimacy and how intimacy takes us back to friendship and how does that look like in our relationship with the Lord. So the Merriam-Webster dictionary says that friendship is one attached to another by affection or esteem. It says that it's a favor, it's a favor companion. I, I wrote some notes and I, this is the thoughts that God was putting in my spirit. Is like intimacy has an important implication. Is the trust to be who we are before God without fearing to be judged. Intimacy is taught in so many different ways in our churches, so much so that it's been taken for granted. We talk about it because it's in vogue or due to familiarity or to showcase a, a character that we do not have. It's been talked about so much that it's become common. And in the kingdom of God, what is common loses its relevance. Therefore, losing power in our life. In fact, so many kingdom truths has become cliche that they have little to no power in the believers today. Never shall we make the mistake of taking such a spiritual truth for granted, turning what is holy, pure, of good faith, into something common because that will make us walk around the promised land for years. So 
when we approach friendship, right, we know how friendship looks like in a day-to-day, -day, right? We have friends. We love to have friends because we can talk to them. We can share our burden. But I feel like in the kingdom of God, we don't talk as much of friendship because we see God so far from us. And we understand so many truths. God is our father. God is our ruler. God is the God of the earth. He's Lord. We, he's our master. And we are his servant. But we don't talk as much about being friends of God. And the reason why, if you, if you scan real quick through the Old Testament, you will find that the concept is not very clear. It's not explicit. So much so that God only called friend Abraham. He said, Abraham is my friend. And there's some hints of friendship. And we found that in, in Psalms 24, it's David writing to God and saying the intimate relationship with the Lord is for those who fear him. Now, the word, uh, I, w I went to the Hebrew and I found that the word for friendship is sod, S-O-D. It's not a school of discipleship, it's sod, okay? Sod. What I like about this word so much is that sod is used for friendship as it is used for favor, a favor companion is the same word for something that you don't deserve, but still you're given. And it is the word that the, 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 the author is writing. The word means confiding. It means confidence. The ad or state of intimacy and trust with a focus on reliance, on secrecy to maintain that discretion. This is, this is deep. This is so powerful. It's not like only having a friend, but it's that this friend is going to come to you and he's going he's gonna to give you the trust to hold on something and th that is secret between you two. It's counsel. It's giving advice about a plan of action. We're going to see that because God visited Abraham when we was about to destroy a city. He visited to confer with his friends because before he was about to do something, he needed to reveal that plan of action to his friend. It's intimate fellowship, so it's, it doesn't, it's not limited. It's not, it's not subscribed to just two persons, but it's subscribed to a group of people. It's a very close personal association with another of a group, with another or a group. So it extends from being very intimate, very close, one to another, but also it extends, it branches out to a group. So, the main point I want to talk about is a path to holiness. When we are in friendship with the Lord, when we are in partnership with the Lord, it's, we're creating a path to holiness. And I, the reason I, I like this is because sometimes we as believers isolate ourselves believing that holiness is a single effort. It's an effort of only one person. Whereas in the kingdom of God, he has created relationship. It's the way he created the world. In the beginning, when he created Adam and Eve, his intention was to create relationships so we all thrive together. Thrive together. The reason we struggle to achieve holiness is because we're under the assumption that holiness is achieved as a one-person effort. And I wrote a principle down, if you want to put it here in the slides. When we partner with God... We achieve holiness in three ways. In position, in condition, and orientation. Our position in the cross, in Jesus, we're, we're holy, we're separated. Our condition, our state, who we are, we are holy. And our orientation, our ideas, our ideas of behavior, we're holy. Now, this is paired 
with friendships and how we interact with friendships. Remember that being holy is being set apart. It's being dedicated to something, which means that then we can be set apart to a friend, to a relationship, to something we do. We're set apart to someone in this context. And to illustrate this, I remember when I was in fifth grade, turned it all in my country, the Dominican Republic, I had a friend and he broke his wrist. So he couldn't do homework. And at the time I was really good at doing homework, right? Like, I mean, 10 years old, what, what else do you do? You do homework all the time. So I committed, the doctor told him that he wouldn't be able to ride for two weeks. And I committed myself to go to his house and help him do his homework. What does that mean? That I set myself apart to my friend to help him get through his trouble and his issue. That's what the Lord is talking about. When we're pursuing holiness, we pursue, we, we do it better. We thrive when we're doing it in partnership with friends, with our small group. So I'm, this is not in my notes, but I'm going to say it either way. Uh, it's cool when you get out of the script. <laughs> so I think one week ago or two weeks ago, a small group, we went to Words of Fun, and it was really fun. Like literally, oh, I know why they call it Words of Fun. But for me, when I was reflecting about it, it was really exciting to see the excitement of my friends because they were experiencing Words of Fun through me. You know, like we got in the first roller coaster. I told them, I'm going to have a lot of material for, for sermons, so get ready. <laughs> so here we go. When we got in the first roller coaster, we're about to get down, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> in excitement, and they're just laughing, like laughing hysterically. And that was really, really good, and we separate ourselves. So I separate ourselves to my friend in fifth grade, so that's one to another, and then as a group, we separate ourselves to have a moment of fellowship and enjoyment, and that's, that makes the moment not only a good moment, but it makes a holy moment, holy moment. It's holiness, what we pursue is what we want from the Lord. It's to be holy, it's to be set apart from the world and set apart to God, to our friends, to our community, to our church. Now, I think what is really cool about this is that the, the author of the psalm is giving us a structure on how to approach this. And the next thing he says in the text is those who fear, those who fear the Lord. So he's saying, okay, there's a promise but there's also a requirement to reach the promise. It's not like there's, there's, there's this promise, there's friendship, there's intimate relationship, there's secret counsel of the Lord. There's something that you have to attain as well to be able to achieve this. And it's to fear the Lord. Now let's talk about, let's talk about fear for a, little, for a little bit. It says the word is jare. Jare. It sounds a lot like jaira, but it's jare. It conveys revere, venerate. It's, it it shows a profound respect for one that borders, borders, listen, borders on fear of the object. Now, this is not fear like I'm scared, I'm afraid this person can, can harm me. This is a fear of respect. Like I, I really venerate this person. I really venerate God and I revere when he, when he is at the church, when he is speaking over someone and when he is... Uh, making himself available in worship and in prayer. He, we have to revere and venerate the Lord. It also means respect. Show high status. I really like this one, you know. <laughs> Show high status and honor to one in authority 
even bordering on fear, even bordering on fear. The Lord is clear in that he will not give his friendship just for the sake of giving his friendship. It has a requirement and it has a promise. The promise is that God, God, the God Almighty, will teach us. He will unveil, make known his agreement to us, what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in the future. He will reveal to us if we are willing, willing to fear him. The principle is his friendship is for those willing to respect him to a point of profound worship and reverence. I'm going to repeat that because that's good. His friendship, his friendship, the friendship of the Lord is for those willing to respect him to a point of profound worship and reverence. Profound worship and reverence. Hear this. This was out of a script too, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> so get ready. My mom, you know, she's here, so she's going to get some attention now. We met in 2020, right? Two strangers, she's American, I'm Dominican. We have completely different culture. We started building this relationship. Uh, my dad was supposed to be here, but he's not here. We really look alike. You know, he's tall, blue eyes, German nose, <laughs> and of course, American humor. <laughs> So we didn't know what, like, how to navigate that, that at the beginning. And not only that, then I moved in their house when I came to pursue an education in the United States. And then I, I can picture them. They never said that because they're really nice. But I picture them like, we have a 23-year-old guy that we don't know. We just met in our house. How is that going to look like? So there were instances that it was really hard. And, uh, you know, I was called out because I did something wrong and I earned it. But... I was very independent in the Dominican Republic. You know, I didn't have like, I didn't really have like a good mother-father relationship kind of. And then I'm trying to be like a, this kind of relationship with these Americans that just met me. And then they would tell me something that I didn't like. I'll be like three days without talking to them. Like, okay, you don't talk to me. I don't talk to you. We don't like each other. But it's out of respect and revere that I will come back and I'll say, you know, I, I'm not used to this. This is hard work for me. Just give me time. I'll get through this and then we'll, you know, we'll pass the relationship and we'll move on. And it happened so many times because, you know, Dominicans are stubborn. But they were so graceful to me. They wanted not only to be like a father-son, mother-son relationship, they wanted a friendship. And they created a safe place. Like, they didn't even know how that looks like. But they, they said, we're going to make it happen because this is a group effort. And out of respect... From then to me and me to them, we were able to build this relationship. So God is saying friendship, whether it's from a friend, for a group, from family, from me, requires some more. And it's the willingness to respect the other person so that you can sacrifice and commit yourself to do the hard work. Does that make sense? Those who fear the Lord, he will teach them. Have you, have you ever feel like... God is trying to teach you. So, oh, this is another thing. Okay. Are you ready for this? I'll put you in a spot. Okay. Uh, I didn't know the culture, right? I'm, I'm Dominican. I have this culture shock. And they're, you know, giving me information, helping me with my English. They're telling me, like, the nuances of the culture and stuff like that. They're teaching me out of that profound relationship. And that's what the, the Lord is saying. I want to teach you the nuances of the kingdom out of your respect and your willingness to do the sacrifice. 
I'll teach you. I'll teach you. When the Lord is teaching, I don't know if you, I feel like God is teaching you, but like when I'm praying and I'm getting ready for the ceremony, he starts talking to me. It's like my favorite moment because I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this myself. He's teaching me the word. He's unveiling. He's revealing something that I couldn't see otherwise in his word. The Bible says that this is Isaiah chapter 41 verse 8. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, who I have chosen, listen, the, off, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. That's good. That's good. The offspring of Abraham, my friend. That's the only text in the Old Testament that God is telling a prophet to write. Write this down because this guy is my friend. Explicitly says, my friend. Then Jesus brought a disruptive revelation in John 15, 15. And it says, no one has greater love than this. To lay down one life for one's friend. Doesn't mean like you're going to die for someone else, but you're going to sacrifice. You're willing to do the work. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. So God is saying in the Old Testament, the only person I consider my friend is Abraham. But Jesus is shifting and he's saying, you are my friends. Because I've made known everything, everything I learned from my father. And we go back to when you are in friendship with the Lord, in intimate relationship, he will teach you. I have taught you. Everything I learned from my father. Now, next week we're going to talk about being servant. The roles of God have a specific context. So you can, be a child, you can be a child of God, you can be a friend, but you are also a servant. But I'm going to let that to Greg. So it says, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything. Everything that I have heard from my father. Everything means everything, that all the resources of the kingdom, it's like having a big database and you just go and find anything you need, any information you want. It's like, it's like having a collection. It's like having like a pool of resources and you can just go through those pool of resources in prayer and say, God, I need this because he has everything for you. And his desire, it's not only that he has it, his desire is to reveal it to you, is to teach it to you, is to share, is to, share, is to be in that intimate, close relationship with you. An intimate relationship with God, I found this, and we're going to go back to the presence of the Lord. So I was like, wow, God, you're blowing my mind. This is so exciting. In the shelter of your presence, you hide them from human plots. You hold them safe under your church shelter from contentious tongues psalms 31 verse 20 in the shelter in the shelter another version says in the secret place of your presence in the secret place of your presence in your hiding place in the holy of holies in the shelter of your presence you hide them from human plots it's protection. It gives you, it covers you with his grace. He, he hides you for, from human plots. You hold them safe under your shelter from contentious law, tongues. 
Having an intimate relationship with, with God means that we are protected in his hiding place, in his secret place. The word, the word for shelter in Hebrew means covering. It means secrecy. That God's, God has a place of intimacy to cover you. If you read the Bible, in Matthew 6, 6, Jesus is teaching about prayer. And he said, when you pray and your door, your door is shut down in your secret place, pray to your father, pray to your Ava in that secret place, in that place of protection when you can be vulnerable and bring forth to God whatever is bothering you, whatever issue you're facing, whatever challenge. This, as I said, take us back to his presence where God dwells and exists, the holy of holies. It is an atmosphere or place where God is. The Hebrew word is translated to face. So in the, in the Old Testament, the culture was that to see the face of the kingdom, you needed to be called to the inner chambers. If you weren't called, you weren't allowed to be there. So his face had a connotation of privacy, of secrecy, of intimacy. So when you were called to the king, you were allowed to see the face of the king. And God is saying, if you seek me, if you want to participate in intimate relationship with me, I will show you my face. And the face is an atmosphere. The Hebrew says that it's like a place that is covered by his presence. When the, when the Hebrew people, uh, as nomads, they were moving in the desert, they will move, is the cloud move. So the tangible presence of the, I, I like that Exodus says, the cloud of his, of his glory. It's not like, it's not saying just a cloud. It's the cloud of his glory, which means that God was there. And he was moving with them because his presence was there. An intimate relationship, there's, there's a principle. An, inti an intimate relationship with God will always lead us to a place of humility, creating a need to worship God and spend time with him in prayer. An intimate relationship with God, with the Lord will always lead us to a place of humility, creating a need to worship God and spend time with him in prayer. So I'm about to wrap it up because we, we have time crunch, so we, we got to move fast. But how does this look like in real life? I don't know if you have the picture. I wanted to put it there in the slides. It's going to be pretty cool right now. It's going to get fun. When I was... You don't have the picture. You're, he's doing this. I, what, no one's. This the picture is not there. When I was in the DR, I was 20 years old. My ministry was already like known, a little reputable. People would invite me to church. This this was like one of the first big events I was I was invited to. And in the event, they have two preachers. The other preacher was famous. Like he was a big preacher. He was well known. So my my expectation was that because he was well-known and famous, they would put him last and I will open, right? Because people, people then will have like their expectation kind of balanced and then he will come and do his stuff. They did it backwards. They put the first preacher, he did all the stuff, and I arrived to the place in a motoconcho, which is like a public transportation in a motorcycle. 
is someone that is in a corner and you say, hey, he comes, you get up, and then he takes you to the place. I got to the place in my motoconcho, and then the pastor is in, on the door, and I am stepping down, and he, his eyes right away went through me. You know, I was shaved, like baby face, 20 years. He's like, who is this guy? Is this the preacher? And then when I head into the church, I felt right away that all the eyes went to me. And they're like, oh, this is the preacher. And I felt it. I felt like, oh, they're underestimating me. They don't know that I'm not, who's, I'm not the person to preach here. It's God. And then as I, I, as I am sitting there, the shelter, the secret place of God came to cover me. And God says, I want you to change your introduction. I'm like, how does that look like, God? Because I have all written down now. And he's like, I want you to start with jump two. When the wine, they run out of wine, and they brought water and changed it. And I want you to say that why, I want you to ask the church why they laid the best wine for, for, the, for the last moment. I was like, God, are you saying that I'm the best wine? I'm like, no, I'm saying that I'm going to unleash the best wine through you. And once I got to the stage and I started preaching, I said that, they all look at each other like, Oh, he's cocky. I'm like, I'm not cocky. The one who is with me, he knows his stuff. 20 minutes in the message. Everyone was running in the church. I was prophesying. I don't know what's happening. I see the pastor jump into the roof. I'm like, God, what's just happening right now? When we finish the service, the leader that invited me, she comes and says the following. Listen, listen, the secret place, the shelter of the Lord, how, how he came and protected me. She came to me and she said, you know, I have to be honest with you. When someone says that, the next following words, they're not good. The enemy put in my heart that will, you wouldn't feel our expectations. I'm like, yeah, I knew because God told me when I got here. So they were having expectations about me, but I was having expectations about God. And because I built a, a fellowship with the Lord, an intimate relationship, the first thing that God did is he covered me in his secrecy. He's like, he's like, because you are in my hiding place, I'll show you this. I want, I want you to get this revelation. Change your introduction so they don't know that I am with you. That's how it looks like in real life. That God, they're going to they're gonna plot against you, but the kingdom is going to be with you. Heaven is going to be, be with you. We're going to carry heaven. So I want to wrap it up with this. Being friend with God has inherent benefits to a solid faith and a fruitful Christian life. This concept is not exhaustively presented in the Old Testament since the only person God explicitly called friend was Abraham. But Jesus changed that. Christ brought a disruptive presentation of the idea of being friends with the Lord. In conclusion, David, probably writing this psalm, God didn't really call him friend, but David knew what a friendship with the Lord looked like. He knew that in, in order to have a relationship, an intimate relationship with the Lord, you need to respect and revere God. You need to humble yourself to the point where God is governing your life. David, he has so many titles that it's, it's insane. David, he was, a, he was the king of Israel. He, he ruled Israel for 40 years. David was a prophet. He was a priest. He was a, he was a worshiper. He was a, he was a pastor of sheep. 
But the best title ever that David had was being a friend with God. Was, was having an intimate relationship with the Lord. The secret of the wise counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his word its deep inner meaning. So if you're here today, maybe you've been a Christian, you're a veteran, you've been a Christian for many years, you have served the Lord faithfully. But maybe, maybe not, maybe this is your first time at church and you don't know how a friendship with God looks like. I want to talk to you for a few minutes. If this is your first time, you've never been exposed to the gospel, know this, God wants to have a friendship with you. Opposed to whatever you've heard about it, the way you've been presented the gospel or, or, or religion, it's not an evil God trying to punish his children. It's a loving, merciful God trying to have a relationship with his creation. So if you're here today and you're a friend, it's your first time, I want you to pray with me this prayer. Dear God, write my name in the book of life so that it will never be erased. I confess you as my Lord and Savior, as the king of my life. And I give you my life to serve you faithfully and be in community with your church. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that prayer, make sure to fill our connect card. We want to pray for you. We want to reach out. We want, in our next, in our next baptism, we want to baptize you. Okay? Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.